0: Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of the Pete on Software podcast. Earlier this week, I was considering what to cover in this week's show. And a tweet from Calvin Allen came across my timeline where he was sharing a comment that someone had left on his blog. The commenter had said, I don't blog, I solve problems for a living. And that just sent me into all kinds of aggravation. So I went over to Calvin's blog at calvinallen.net just to see if I could at least get a little bit of context on this. Apparently back in August 2014, Calvin had written a blog post about running Jenkins on port 80 on Windows. Calvin walks you through how you can use IIS as a reverse proxy to play nicely with Apache and Jenkins so that you can use port 80. I didn't try it, but it seems all well and good. And so now, almost two years later, the day before out Calvin's tweet, a guy comes in and comments related to an issue. Apparently there's an issue with trailing slashes. This guy comes in and comments and says, would be nice if someone actually knew how to perform ARR proxy on Jenkins, but no one does, clearly, or they would have run into the trailing slash issue. So these articles are completely 100% bogus. He then goes on to give some more technical information and then just says, article is plain wrong. Calvin then replies, I await your blog article where you clearly explain the correct solution. Probably matching the guy's snark. I understand you can read it two ways. One is a bit of a sarcastic challenge. I await your blog article where you clearly explain the correct solution. And another kind of as a statement like, just I await your blog article where you clearly explain the correct solution. I will grant the guy may have read it the first way. But that's when the commenter took it up a level and said, When I figure it out, I'll happily share the information here. I don't write blog articles. I solve problems for a living instead. So I'll do what I do best. My intent wasn't to offend, just to point out a serious flaw in all the the articles I've come across. I wasn't singling you out, good sir. While that ends with not singling you out, good sir, I feel like the I don't write blog articles, I solve problems for a living instead Sets a different tone for the comment. So what's funny is that ultimately Calvin's solution worked for his environment and the commenter even came back and said, the problem it would seem is due to my limited understanding of the background operations is that Jenkins performs redirects on its own based on the provided URL. Then the commenter and another commenter hashed out some ways where you could add another rule to IIS to make this work for everyone. So that adventure had a happy ending, but I was still really bothered by the I don't write blog articles, I solve problems for a living instead. Obviously yes, I have a blog, pedonsoftware.com, and I have another more niche blog, swiftninja.io, so I'm not completely unbiased here. However, I have several problems with this line of thinking, which I've heard before, and I want to articulate them here. First, this is very similar to the old saying that says, those who can, do, those who can't, teach. And there are times when I've been guilty of throwing that one out there too, but in general, if you're writing blog posts or making instructional material of any kind, um, you know, this is basically saying, surely you're a white tower academic who has no grip on reality and never solves any real world problems. Right. So I don't think that's true at all. First of all, almost everyone I know who has a blog that covers code topics is a working programmer. Yeah, some are developer evangelists or the like, but even these guys often are coding real-world, active, open-source projects that tackle, quote, problems. People I know who write successful blogs are often documenting their path as they learn. I can't tell you the number of times that I have to go back to my own blog to find the post that I wrote about a specific topic so I can remember how to do the thing. That's why I even cover a lot of the stuff I cover, so that I can remember how to make a comma-concatenated list out of columns, you know, whatever. In SQL those kind of things I would never remember the exact syntax or maybe be able to find where I had learned it if I can't just go back to myself and look so other things I write though are just neat things that I found out and I want to share with people if I hadn't ever heard of a particular feature or something maybe someone else hadn't heard of it or someone googling to find out what that feature is or what it does might stumble on my blog and be able to learn because of what I'd shared Other people also recommend keeping a blog as a career booster, too. John Sanmez even has a free email course where he covers how to choose a topic, set a plan, and build a blog to help your career. And then from there, he has additional paid information both on Dev Career Boost, instructional course, and his soft skills book that flesh out other ways that you can leverage your blog and other self-marketing to get your salary higher or your consulting rates up. I mean, if some of you think about it right now, though, you could probably think of five quote, kind of nerd famous bloggers that you're aware of right now most likely you wouldn't know all of them if it weren't for their blogs you might know some of them but not all of them those blogs open doors for them to do speaking get interviews write books what have you I once spoke to someone from a publishing company and they told me that in an absence of other writing sources like previous books or magazine articles the publisher would often look at a potential author's blog to see if they had a clear concise and engaging writing style but as I said earlier, it doesn't even have to be about trying to get somewhere else. I would think that Calvin's commenter had been helped by blogs before. He even referenced the blog in one of his later comments. I would imagine that every single one of you out there have been helped by a blog at least once in your life. Probably many, many, many times. So how could you possibly say those bloggers don't solve problems? They solve your problems. Are there bloggers who aren't really solving problems but instead are or just blowhards? Yeah, of course. But those bloggers aren't writing step-by-step instructions to turn IIS into a reverse proxy like Calvin was. So I just can't get that mindset that would make the commenter pop off like that. Maybe you don't have the time or the inclination to write a blog, and if not, I'm not judging you for that. However, if you're out there writing a blog, no matter how frequently you post, I appreciate you and I completely acknowledge that you're out there solving problems for yourself and others. If you do have a blog, feel free to comment in the show notes that are posted on pedonsoftware.com with a link to your blog. I'd love to see them and add them to my Feedly. Okay, that's that's enough of that frustration. Let's take a look at our pick of the week. This pick is a little out there as far as maybe being useful to every single one of you, but I'll tell you, I think this is genius. This is a project called Dial to Verify, the number two, and it is on GitHub. Uh, with this link, there's a link in the show notes. But basically, it's an almost free phone number verification for your applications. You do have to pay Twilio one dollar a month, one American dollar. To have a phone number from them. But other than that, this is completely free. I tried it out myself from the test link that's set up on the GitHub and it works great. Basically, what happens is you set the phone number with Twilio to reject every incoming phone call. But when you get the phone calls, Twilio is still gonna fire a webhook. So when that call comes in, rejected or not, your webhook fires. And one of the pieces of information is who is calling. So if you tell someone to call a certain number within a certain period of time, you can have that number verified. So that number will come through and you can just go through in your system, mark that number verified, fire off some other hooks, whatever. But this guy has code up set to handle that all right now in PHP, but I'm sure you could easily port it to other languages. It's not the Twilio API, obviously not PHP specific. So obviously this is a lot easier than other member methods of Phone number verification, ones where you text them a code where you would have to pay Twilio for every single SMS you send, and then any other information where, like, if they text back with confirm or something, or if you just have them enter a code in the app, there could be some other charges in here. This way, though, only the $1. This does require Twilio, however, to keep firing webhooks even on unanswered calls. Um, and so keep that, I don't know if you want to call it a loophole or whatever, but you got to keep that in place. But nevertheless, I'm really kind of in awe at the author's ingenuity here. So I thought I'd call that out. It's a pretty smart solution to a problem, and I just liked it. So that's it for this week. If you have any other questions, comments, or concerns, or if you want to leave your blog for myself and others to check out, head on over to pedonsoftware.com and leave a comment. If you just have another question or comment, you can also hit me on Twitter, at pedonsoftware. Until next time, thanks for listening.